0: This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks
1: first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 34. Mostly clear tonight, low around 19. Friday, mostly sunny with a high near 38. The turbines of Broome County's first wind-generating project are producing electricity that's now being delivered to the New York State grid. Over the past year or so, 26 turbines were erected in the towns of Windsor and Sanford for the Bluestone Wind Project. Operations manager Terry Stanley said the turbines catch the wind and convert it to electricity, which is sent to a substation. There, the voltage is increased to what is needed for utility use so it can be transferred to a NYSEG substation. Each turbine is equipped with a system designed to redirect the energy from lightning strikes to reduce the risk to the blades. The Bluestone project is owned by Northland Power of Toronto. Vestas Wind Systems manufactured the turbines that are used by the wind farm. Northland and Vestas workers are able to remotely monitor turbine operations. Testing of the turbines has been underway in recent weeks as part of the processing of ramping up commercial operations of the project. Fire tore through a two-story house next to a homeless encampment along Nanico Creek in the town of Union. The blaze on Glenwood Drive was reported around 1.40 a.m. Wednesday. Authorities say they believe no one was living in the structure at the time of the fire. Flames were shooting through the roof of the small house when the west corner's fire chief arrived at the scene. According to the fire department, no injuries were reported. No information about the investigation was immediately available from New York State Police. Tents and other items near the fire-damaged house indicated several people had recently been living in the area between Glendale Road and the creek. According to the Associated Press, the Houston-based Corterra Energy, formerly Cabot Oil and Gas Company, has been given the go-ahead to drill 11 gas wells underneath Dimick Township in Pennsylvania. Underneath Dimmick, natural gas could be worth anywhere from $2.5 billion to $3.8 billion, according to a retired Penn State geologist. Some landowners are happy about the return of drilling, while others are not. Those not in favor dread the increase in truck traffic noise and the threat of new contamination. No date has been set for Katerra Energy to begin drilling. The company has agreed to monitor drinking water supplies within 3,000 feet of the new gas wells, among other steps to mitigate risk. Demick, Pennsylvania, located in Susquehanna County, is about 30 miles south of Binghamton and was in the national headlines after residents began reporting that methane and drilling chemicals in the water were making them ill. Cotera Energy pleaded no contest to a single misdemeanor count in 2022 and agreed to pay for a $16 million public water system that would supply 20 homes whose water wells had been damaged. The Pennsylvania Department of uh, The Department of Transportation announced the statewide transportation progress and highlighted this this year's active and completed projects in counties in northeast Pennsylvania. So far this year in the six-county region, there are approximately 138 roadway miles paved, 285 bridges rehabilitated, repaired, or replaced by PennDOT and private industry teams. Additionally, nearly three, 573 miles were seal-coated to preserve roadway surfaces and nearly 10,000 line miles were painted, including five major projects in Susquehanna and Wayne counties in northeast Pennsylvania. Investigators are examining the wreckage of a TV news helicopter from Philadelphia that crashed in the New Jersey Pinelands, killing the pilot and a photographer on board. WPVI-TV of Philadelphia says two members of its news team were in the helicopter when it went down around 8 p.m. Tuesday in Wharton State Forest in Washington Township. The helicopter was returning from an assignment at the Jersey Shore when it crashed in the woods. The pilot was 67-year-old Monroe Smith of Glenside, Pennsylvania, and the photographer was 45-year-old Christopher Daugherty of Orland, Pennsylvania. The station says it's unclear what caused the crash. New York's attorney general has filed suit against Sirius XM, accusing the satellite radio service of making it intentionally difficult for its customers to cancel their subscriptions. Attorney General James' office said Wednesday that an investigation into complaints from customers found that Sirius XM forced subscribers into often lengthy interactions with agents who were trained in ways to avoid accepting cancellation requests. The company disputed the claims, arguing that many incidents cited in the lawsuit came in 2020 and were caused in part by the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on their operations. The company said many of its plans can be canceled easily online. That's a look at news for updates on local news, weather, sports and features. Open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF.
2: I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now, Thursday, December 21st, 2023. Our final episode for the fall season, the all-new winter season of Binghamton Now, starts tomorrow. Okay, fade that out. Do a gentle fade. Okay, nice. 607-772-1290. If you have any final thoughts about the fall of 2023, uh, weigh in now. We're anxious to hear your thoughts about the autumnal season. After about three months, we're ready to move on. Because by my estimate, we're now... Just about six months away from summer. So, summer will get underway at some point. And then, before you know it, it'll be winter again. What's going on in your world? Hmm? 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 Um, WNBF.com has uh, some of the information about the fire near Glendale Park in the town of Union. Call it the Glendale area, West Corners, Glendale. It's just the latest in a series of fires that have erupted at homeless encampments in the area. This is a topic officials don't really want to discuss. I'm unaware of any local official who wants to talk about the homeless. Generally speaking, what's going on right now, especially with uh, some very, very cold weather. So there may be, well, certainly several hundred people who are homeless in Broome County. Who knows what the actual number is? I don't know that anybody could come up with a sound estimate of how many people are unhoused or homeless uh, in Broome and Tioga counties. the only thing that we can say is based on the developments looking at the trends over the last three years, the homeless problem is getting worse and I don't see I don't see a very strong effort. To address the issue. There are some initiatives, few things along the way, but nothing nothing that really strikes me is an effort to take care well, you're not going to take care of it, an issue to seriously address the problem right now, immediately on December 21st. And uh, here's an invitation to all local officials. If you're a local official in Broome or Tioga counties and you are working on an initiative right now to help people who are homeless right now today at this moment in the Binghamton area call in 607-772-1290 and uh, let our listeners know what what precisely is being done to address the problem because it's Bad and it's getting worse. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
3: Gary from the west side. Good morning to you. Good morning. I have... Hey, uh, I heard some good news through the grapevine that uh, Pasquales is going to reopen. Have you heard anything about that?
4: No. But the that, sausage mm-hmm.
3: store, I guess, over there by Agway.
2: Right. Okay.
3: Yeah, I heard, and I did see something on next door, which, you know, I don't know the accuracy of that, but I heard that the, uh, one of the children is going to start up the
2: operation. All right. Well, I'm not, I'm Mm -hmm. not surprised, so. Yeah, it's a good, good
3: store. Hey, Bob, you know, you were talking about the homeless too, and the, uh, homeless encampment under the bridge on, uh, Bevere Street. You know, I, I go to Otzenegel Park pretty frequently, and, uh. I got to tell you, that thing, I'm pretty sure that's been there for at least two years,
2: if not longer. Well, I'm sure it has. Huh. That, that makes it all the worse. The, um, the homeless encampments around here have been around. Many of them have been around for a long time. Some are hiding in plain sight. Some are not that obvious. I guess, I guess it starts to become more obvious to people when there are serious fires that close bridges or burn down homes. Um, But to my point, I see no evidence. I think it's a crisis, and I see no evidence that local officials are treating this as an emergency. These are real people. And when I went under the Bevere Street Bridge last week after the fire and saw the conditions following the fire with all the damaged... Stuff, I mean, cooking pots, utensils, coffee mugs, um, oh, marijuana, cannabis, um, stuff that you can buy here at uh, the Cannabis Hut on Court Street, and oh, uh, the, the p- poster, the uh, football poster. So, whoever was living there, they were fans of football, and they, I would say, to a large extent, they're people just like you and I except they don't have a home. And then yesterday morning after the fire near Glendale Park in the West Corners Fire District, I went there and saw there I don't know how many tents were set up. I didn't see anybody around after the fire. And interestingly, for some reason the fire was still burning or flared up. I don't I don't know why why it was still burning when I got there, but nobody else was around so But as far as local officials taking action, have you heard a news conference uh, in the last month about the homeless problem in Broome County and what action they're going to take right now to help people this winter? Oh, we lost you. You dropped out.
5: Yeah, I don't
3: think, Bob, I don't think my phone is working
2: properly. Yeah, well, I can hear you
3: now. Oh okay, yeah,
2: yeah. I, it's so, it's not really that complicated.
3: But you have people that are homeless because they got kicked out of their apartments or whatever the reason, and they want a home. But then you've got people that are homeless because they do other things like drugs and alcohol and whatever it may be, antisocial, and and they don't want to be.
2: So we're just home. going to. Allow them to continue to be in endangered situations on public property, endangering themselves and endangering others? What if the fire under the Bevere Street Bridge was a lot worse? We still don't know um, how much the repairs will cost. The county hasn't released any information about the repairs needed to the bridge. Maybe the repairs will only cost a few thousand dollars. We don't know. I've put in a request and they said they'll send me some information. I'm still waiting Um, In other cities around the country, there have been bridges and infrastructure damage because of fires that apparently started in homeless encampments. In some cases, I I don't know if it's Los Angeles, I can't remember what city. um, Major interstate, I think, had to be closed for weeks because of a fire that apparently began in an area where people were staying under a bridge. Who's to say that won't happen around here? Are we just going to tolerate this and say, yeah, there's some people who don't want help. I hear that phrase, the the catchphrase. They don't want help.
3: Right. So, you know, usually that's a mental health issue. And I feel that, uh, you know, we've cut out the mental health aspect in in, you know, helping people. You know, that's not where people... Uh, officials want to put money into because it doesn't really get noticed that much no know, because it doesn't it really get votes,
2: Right. i was just going to say it doesn't get votes it would get noticed but it wouldn't get them additional votes it's not a sexy issue it's not look right. it's not a topic until the two recent fires it's not really a topic i've addressed on the program we talked a little bit Several weeks ago, about a warming center that was proposed in the first ward, but the people in the first ward didn't want any of that. They didn't want, um, I can't remember if it was 40 beds or whatever, to serve as a warming center for this winter. So, I don't know. I I guess I guess when the temperature goes below 32. I guess there's a law that says people have to be offered a place to stay so they don't freeze to death.
3: Well, people need a place to stay, Bob. I believe the uh, church on, I think it's uh, Shenango Street.
2: I get yeah, 42 sometimes. Shenango Street. They, they, they have. have a,
3: yeah, in the uh, evenings. That
2: you but I don't know how there. many people can be accommodated there. And I was in
3: there, and it looks like at least 30. I mean, they got a lot of beds in that one room right. there. And 30 beds, I would say, at least. You know? Uh, I'm not sure if they have rules where... Well, they you know, do have
2: rules. And that's one of the things that I hear about at various shelters. Almost every agency or organization that operates a shelter has certain rules. One thing is, you can't be drunk or under the influence of drugs. That's I think rule that, number one. I think... I think most, if not all, require you to go through like a a check, a police check to see, make sure you're not wanted on warrants for violent crime. And maybe that discourages some people. Maybe they're not wanted for a violent crime, but maybe they're wanted for not paying parking tickets or something. And, or maybe they just have a distrust of authority and don't want, You know, to go through the routine name check because something might pop up. Maybe they're, maybe one of the reasons they're homeless is because they're trying to get away from something. And then, that's true. You know, and then say the police do a routine, yeah, routine check. So,
3: well, and Bob, so let's say there's a solution. Let's say the politicians say, hey, we're going to build a homeless encampment, we're going to build many homes, we're going to have 50 mini-homes where they can live in there and safely and stuff. And then what would happen? The community, wherever they decide this is going to be, the community would be in an uproar. They'd be like, we can't have that here. That's too close to our
2: homes. That's exactly what would happen. By the way, you mentioned those mini-homes. I, I do need to acknowledge that at least Broome County has been working to develop those tiny homes five duplex tiny homes for a total of 10 units on the Binghamton north side. That would be part of the Veterans Resource Center. So that would provide some affordable housing for local veterans. So that would be a step in the right direction. I believe they're hoping to start construction on that next year. So at least yeah. that's part of the project or part of, of um, solution. And there have been a few other projects here and there uh, over on the north side, there's another. Um, and I can't. Who is running it? Is it. Um, it's the uh, people, it's the agency based in Johnson City. Um, the homeless, I call it the them old
0: homeless. school or church yeah. or whatever that was? Uh,
2: yeah, okay, right, yep. Um, hold on a second, because. Let me. Because that actually. Opened, I think about two years ago. Yes, 19 unit apartment complex. And it's at Liberty and Virgil Streets. And this opened, I believe, about three years ago. We don't hear much about it. But it's right across or right near the Lee Barta Community Center on Liberty Street. And oh, the Family Enrichment Network. Uh, operates that And I go by there every so often When I'm on patrol In the Liberty Street neighborhood And Everything, it looks fine It's being maintained well I just don't know if all of those units are filled Maybe it's time for me to do an update On that story because I don't think Looks like the last story I did about that project Was November of 2020 When it was just being Um finished the construction was being finished so there's so i stand corrected that there are some initiatives and that was in part paid for there were uh state funds but the city also kicked in one hundred thousand dollars so um i stand corrected i don't you know i don't want to leave the impression that nothing nothing at all is being done well
3: and also Bob. California has taken initiatives to try to take care of the homeless. And, you know, usually a lot of other states follow California's leads. But, you know, in my opinion, Bob, California has failed horribly at trying to take care of the homeless in their own state for whatever the reasons. And they throw money at them. They let you do drugs right on the street. And, and you know, they, they're they very. Well, we do that, oh,
2: too, in Binghamton. We now let people do drugs on the street. I mean, why? Why when I leave this place, why do I have to be subjected to secondhand drugs? You know, I I mean, just because weed is legal, and if you're over the age of fifteen, we expect that you'll want to do weeds. Uh, Why? Why do I? When I am going to work or leaving work or going out to lunch or covering a story in downtown binghamton why do i have to smell weed smoke so you know when you say in california they let people do drugs on the street yeah and we're allowing it here in new york state too i think and, and i think people- i think it's time for them to stop allowing drug use on the street we don't allow people to be drinking on the street so why should people be allowed to Smoke weed on the street, unless they get one of those space helmets. I, I, I
3: mean, you have a point. I'm not sure that has anything to do with the homeless. No, I know, but do you, do have-
2: but you brought up about what's going on in California. I know it has nothing to do with the homeless. You just happened to mention in California they let people do drugs right. on the street. Well, so right. do we it in New York State. A-
3: okay, and 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 then they have people in California that are, they are their jobs are to take care of the homeless and they pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars or a hundred thousand dollars right over six figures and so what happens if they help and get rid of the homeless now there's no homeless problem now you don't have a job anymore does that make sense or no i know this, what the, you're
2: saying i've i've heard people i've heard people make that right. argument before and you could make that argument actually for a lot of organizations and professions that yes, if, yes. if they were 100% successful, say yep. uh, a cancer center, you operate a cancer center and the only way you can operate a cancer center and keep it going is to keep having new patients. What happens if your cancer center is so successful that cancer as we know it is cured and, and then in, in five years, there are no cancer patients? What are you going to do with all the people and the buildings that you would set up for the cancer center? Turn it into student housing? Mm. Or whatever. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a perfect analogy, but there are a lot of things. If, if people were 100% successful at what they are doing, in theory, they'd be out of work or they'd have to come up with a new mission.
3: Well, look, every, everything begins with the first step. So, you know, maybe you know, Binghamton has taken a first step and then it will just start getting bigger and bigger and we'll start taking care of our own. Our own people here yeah. that are having issues that need homes. And well, you know, well, and
6: take
2: I, care of that I think at least having a conversation about it is part of that first step. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm not, absolutely. I'm not here like the old guy yelling at the kids, get off my lawn. I'm here like the old guy saying, I love Binghamton. And I want Binghamton and the area to be better for everybody who's here, whether they're people like most of our listeners who are doing fairly well, or people like the homeless, who right now are living on river banks or creek banks and under bridges. They're not doing well, but each one of them is as valuable as any of us.
7: Absolutely. And and one good thing,
3: I'll tell you a good thing about the Binghamton area, Bob. You can be homeless, you can be very poor, and you can get a hot meal in Binghamton on almost any day.
2: That's in true. In fact,
3: any day you can. And that's fantastic. This community supports
2: people who right. need help. It right. Really does. And, and so that's why I wanted to clarify uh, some of my, my early thoughts, because, again, I don't want to leave the impression that individuals... Nonprofit organizations and certainly governments aren't doing some things, but I'm saying, in my opinion, I guess we all could do better. Sure we could. Yep, I agree, Bob. Appreciate your call. All right. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you. It's 930. This is Binghamton Now on a Thursday morning. I'm Bob Joseph.
0: From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW.
2: side of Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Say the word
8: of the day today that I want to put out there is decorum. Decorum. Uh, That is a behavior which is uh, in keeping with moral standards, appropriate behavior, respectful behavior, that kind of thing. That's what we refer to as decorum. And I'm, I'm using that word because I, I wanted to make a point which um, actually will be a question to you. And uh, uh, here's, here's the idea. Gary just called from the West Side, and you spoke about something of substance, uh, homelessness, and, and you approached it in a, in a way which uh, got to some facts, some ideas about it. Uh, John from Binghamton calls always with something of substance. And I can name all sorts of callers that you take that uh, bring something of substance up to be discussed and, uh, you know, uh, thought about by your listeners. Uh, But you have callers. And I I just want to say, and the reason I'm mentioning this, it's about your response to them you have you have callers, and uh maybe boil that down to just a few uh but they call with nothing of substance. they call and say to you, Bob, what's wrong with you? You make me sick. I can't believe you. you should be off the air uh nothing of substance uh just uh, a kind of whining uh big mouth stuff, and they call and they get the time and uh, i don't know if if that is considered like um you know catchy radio and and that's good, but it it it's not good by my idea listening to your program i don't want to hear people call up with no ideas. The idea is only that you should be off the air that what 's wrong with you it's all innuendo it's all ad hominem attack. It, and it tends to be also that Trump is great and Biden uh, is terrible, that kind of thing. Why do we have to listen to something that has no
2: substance like that? Well, the show is filled with opinion. No, it's not opinion; it's harangue. What? What? Okay. A, well, well, harangue. because because you brought it up today. We're going to test between now and noon. N- no call like that will be accepted. Well, this is going to be like a test, yeah and, yeah. and and to your point, I mean, don't don't think for a second that I get a kick out of it, and don't think for a second. For the most part, I think it's really good radio. I think, I think the comments when people call in like that, I do think, it sheds some light on on their worldview, but you're you're right i mean it does if it was something new you know if people actually had something specific as opposed to i dislike your opinions about the former guy or if you call him the former guy it makes me sick hey it's he is the former guy i can't help it he got fired when you're fired you're the former guy unless you change your gender if if he does that. That'll be a big story. And then we could call him the former gal or the former guy who is now a gal or whatever. But uh, yeah, to your point, um, I, I'm i in full agreement with you. I uh, strive as much as possible or I have up until right now to allow these people with their um, sometimes totally What's the right word? I'm trying to choose my words very carefully here because I want to be precise. Well, I'll just say, just, and just generally speaking, yes, uh, criticizing the host, hey, I have thoughts about hosts. Oh, so I have a, a thought about something I, I saw a host on TV say this morning, and I may bring it up later today, but it's not going to be a harangue. It'll be an observation about something specific, but I'm not going to say, so that person should be taken off the air. It, it makes me sick. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, and, and... so we will, this for today, for today, we will experiment with how that goes. Anybody who calls in... Who doesn't have a point about an impress an important issue and when i say important issue that could even be you know man there's this pothole on the vestal parkway that they haven't fixed in over two weeks that's an important issue but if you're going to call up to uh harangue me or critique me and say i should be fired that call will be terminated instantly in fact I'll be polite because I don't want to lower myself to to their level. I will terminate the call politely. So but that's that'll be an experiment now underway for the next two hours and 20 minutes. Some people will say, Bob, you paid Ron from the West Side to bring this up. So now this gives me cover when I terminate these calls that are generally speaking, rather pointless. I mean, hey, I get it. You know, by the way, Ron for the the shows, radio or TV shows where I don't like the host, you know what I do? You turn it off. Yeah. I turn it yeah. I turn I turn my radio or TV or my internet browser to something that I like better. And by the way, well, I mean, and by the way to that point, I cannot even think of a of a person, even Alex Jones. Do you mind if I confess something to you on live radio? This just between you and me. Yes, of course. I occasionally will check out, I haven't done it recently, but I have occasionally checked out people like Alex Jones or Bill O'Reilly or Tucker Carlson or some of the people with whom I may have a completely different worldview and maybe I disagree on nearly a hundred percent of the stuff they say and yet sometimes I seek them out not for amusement but to, to actually be better informed about what their worldview is now because sometimes I'll tell you even I and I cannot cite you a specific instance, so don't ask, but I'm convinced that at least at one point over the last 10 years, Alex Jones actually made a valid point about something. And so sometimes I intentionally do seek out people that have opinions completely different than my own because I don't want to hear. Some people would say, well, Bob, I suspect you're listening to MSNBC 24-7. Actually, no. Of all the... Available media sources to me, probably the one that I go to the least is MSNBC because, indeed, some of their hosts almost sound, and and they're so predictable. That's to me, that's what I don't like uh, about some radio and TV shows: is their predictability.
8: Well, you know, Bob uh, Binghamton now for three hours every day has. A, a, a high standard I, I think you keep up that standard well with with allowing some you know some uh, stranger things or some people to call who kind of don't fit the bill or whatever but essentially if you average it out over 15 hours of radio time a week the standard is held and it, it's pretty high and people call with strong opinions, uh, and uh, a person I like to hear who has very strong opinions and on Earth, a lot of stuff is John from Binghamton. Now, you don't necessarily have to agree with him, but he calls about substance. and He talks about substantive things. He doesn't call and just outwardly knock, whether it's the sheriff, whether it's he gives facts about it and he gives substance about it. And that's that's what happens on this show. It is very unnerving to hear someone call. And now uh, you're going to have to, uh, you know, this conversation we're having, you're going to have to protect me because we can have a call to call now who will say,
7: Ron, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, well, that's that's okay.
2: But, yeah, don't worry. I got your back. But, again, let's – and ordinarily on this program, as as people may have come to uh, uh, deduce, there are rarely any rules On this program today, there is a rule, though. Between now and noon, if you have any criticism for me, it's not—it's not getting on the air. If you have personal criticism for me, like constructive criticism, send it to Bob at wnbf.com. But going forward, at least for the rest of today, if the host makes you sick, if you are lobbying for the person who runs this program to be fired um save save your time because that is not going to be a call that will be broadcast to the world so thank you yes i think that's a good idea again we're trying it today if it works today i say that'll be a new policy bob joseph focusing on issues on wnbf and wnbf.com
0: With a quick fuse, I was uptight, want to let loose. I
5: was dreaming, a bigger things and want to leave my old life behind. Not a yes sir, not a follow up, fit the box, fit the mold. have a seat in the foyer. Take a number, I was lightning before the
0: thunder, thunder, thunder,
7: thunder, thunder, thunder. Thunder, thunder. thunder, thunder.
0: Thunder, 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 feel the thunder. Lightning, and the thunder.
5: Thunder. Thunder, feel the thunder.
2: Lightning, and the thunder. Oh, feel the thunder. Joe in Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air.
9: Yes. I just want to say thank you to Ron. I have been bothered by this for years, and I'm happy it's t- finally. T- uh, Something's happening, and it's going to be taken care of. That's all I've got to say. Oh, thank you. Go ahead. I'm so happy about it that I can't even talk.
2: Okay, it's the dawn of a new era. A new right. era in fun listening.
9: And it's about time. Thank you. You deserve it. <laughs> thank
2: you. I agree. Thank you so much. 950 at WNBF. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. You're on the air.
9: Hi, Bob. Uh, we went to see the lights last night, and... My oldest daughter made me laugh. She goes, you know, I haven't seen these since I was a little girl. Oh, Bob, they were beautiful. You could go around as many times as you want to.
2: Well, they do nice work there. They do really nice work. I think I'll uh, go back there. Uh, I don't know if I'll go back there tonight or tomorrow night. But I do think... I do think that uh, I will check it out again.
9: Oh, it was beautiful, Bob. Okay. Absolutely.
2: All right. Glad you had a chance to enjoy it. Hope you have a good morning.
9: I even got to meet uh, uh Fred Action. He's a very nice gentleman, and his wife is beautiful.
2: Well, I'm glad they were there, and I'm glad you had a chance to enjoy the lights. I hope you have a great day. Oh. Okay. Merry Christmas.
9: Merry
2: Christmas to you, Al. 9.51 at News Radio WNBF.
0: News Radio 1290
2: WNBF. 607-772-1290. That's the Binghamton Now number at WNBF. Keep my hands on WNBF
0: at 9.55. Ooh,
2: Back to the phones we go. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
5: Yeah, good morning there, Bob. It's Dave from Bustle. Hey, I was a little disappointed with Ronda. I thought he was calling in to fill you in more about that, uh, that that book he bought there, uh, Liz Cheney, that he saw advertised on MSNBC. I thought maybe he was going to fill you in on that because I know he gave you, he gave you some uh, heads up on what she was saying in there. At least, I- yeah. What do you think about it? Have you read her book yet? No, I haven't read the book, Bob. But but I know if you're ordering Liz Cheney's book, you're not a very smart shopper. And I want to know, Bob, why why didn't you tell around what you told her? Other callers, if you don't like it, get your own show. You've said that plenty of times.
10: Right. But
2: going forward, I, I thought that he came up with a brilliant, a brilliant idea. Don't you agree? You have to agree that's a good idea, not having people calling in with uh, constant attacks against the humble host of the program.
5: No, we shouldn't be attacking you. I- well, that's right.
2: So, okay, what else is on your mind? Real- less, less about other callers and more about the issues What about the former guy? What do you think about uh, his troubles in Colorado And now possibly extending to New York They're talking about uh, doing the same thing in New York that Colorado did
5: now, I want to mention real quick Gary. Gary's call
2: Alright, I asked you a specific question we, we only have a few seconds left before the news break What do you think that uh, other states are going to try to keep the former guy off the ballot next year?
5: They're going to continue to try, Bob, but I'd like to talk about the homeless.
2: Can I real quick? Well, we don't have enough time now. We've got the news coming up next. I will, in this one instance, allow you to call back after the news since we we really didn't have much time for you to talk about the issue. So if you want to call back after the news, I would welcome that. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. WNBF, a new era has dawned in local talk radio. The program... Is being improved in real time here at WNBF.
0: This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 34. Mostly clear tonight, low around 19. Friday, mostly sunny with a high near 38. The turbines of Broome County's first wind-generating project are producing electricity that's now being delivered to the New York State grid. Over the past year or so, 26 turbines were erected in the towns of Windsor and Sanford for the Bluestone Wind Project. Operations manager Terry Stanley said the turbines catch the wind and convert it to electricity, which is sent to a substation. There, the voltage is increased to what is needed for utility use so it can be transferred to a Niagara substation. Each turbine is equipped with a system designed to redirect the energy from lightning strikes to reduce the risk to the blades. The Bluestone project is owned by Northland Power of Toronto. Investus Wind Systems manufactured the turbines that are used by the wind farm. Northland Investus workers are able to remotely monitor turbine operations. Testing of the turbines has been underway in recent weeks as part of the processing of ramping up commercial operations of the project. Fire tore through a two story house next to a homeless encampment along Natico Creek in the town of Union. The blaze on Glenwood Drive was reported around 1.40 a.m. Wednesday. Authorities say they believe no one was living in the structure at the time of the fire. Flames were shooting through the roof of the small house when the west corner's fire chief arrived at the scene. According to the fire department, no injuries were reported. No information about the investigation was immediately available from New York State Police. Tents and other items near the fire-damaged house indicated several people had recently been living in the area between Glendale Road and the Creek. According to the Associated Press, the Houston-based Corterra Energy, formerly Cabot Oil and Gas Company, has been given the go-ahead to drill 11 gas wells underneath Dimock Township in Pennsylvania. Underneath them, natural gas could be worth anywhere from $2.5 billion to $3.8 billion, according to a retired Penn State geologist. Some landowners are happy about the return of drilling, while others are not. Those not in favor dread the increase in truck traffic noise and the threat of new contamination. No date has been set for Cotera Energy to begin drilling. The company has agreed to monitor drinking water supplies within 3,000 feet of the new gas wells, among other steps to mitigate risk. Demick, Pennsylvania, located in Susquehanna County, is about 30 miles south of Binghamton and was in the national headlines after residents began reporting that methane and drilling chemicals in the water were making them ill. Cotera Energy pleaded no contest to a single misdemeanor count in 2022 and agreed to pay for a $16 million public water system that would supply 20 homes whose water wells had been damaged. The Pennsylvania Department of of Transportation announced the statewide transportation progress and highlighted this, this year's active and completed projects in counties in northeast Pennsylvania. So far this year, in the 6 County region, there were approximately 138 roadway miles paved, 285 bridges rehabilitated, repaired, or replaced by PennDOT and private industry teams. Additionally, nearly 573 miles were seal-coated to preserve roadway surfaces, and nearly 10,000 line miles were painted, including five major projects in Susquehanna and Wayne counties in northeast Pennsylvania. Investigators are examining the wreckage of a TV news helicopter from Philadelphia that crashed in the New Jersey Pinelands, killing the pilot and a photographer on board. WPVI TV of Philadelphia says two members of its news team were in the helicopter when it went down around 8 p.m. Tuesday in Wharton State Forest in Washington Township. The helicopter was returning from an assignment at the Jersey Shore when it crashed in the woods. The pilot was 67-year-old Monroe Smith of Glenside, Pennsylvania, and the photographer was 45-year-old Christopher Daughtery of Orland, Pennsylvania. The station says it's unclear what caused the crash. New York's attorney general has filed suit against Sirius XM, accusing the satellite radio service of making it intentionally difficult for its customers to cancel their subscriptions. Attorney General James' office said Wednesday that an investigation into complaints from customers found that SiriusXM forced subscribers into often lengthy interactions with agents who were trained in ways to avoid accepting cancellation requests. The company disputed the claims, arguing that many incidents cited in the lawsuit came in 2020 and were caused in part by the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on their operations. The company said many of its plans can be canceled easily online. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at wnbf.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF.
0: News Radio.
2: bob joseph thursday morning the final morning of fall 2023 give us a call at 607-772-1290 i'd like to hear from you today right here on wnbf come to decide that the things that i tried
0: will win my life just to get high on when i sit alone come get a little known but i need more Myself this time, step from the road to the sea to the sky, and I do believe that we rely on when I lay it on come get the play on on my love to sacrifice. Hey oh, listen,
2: what I we go back to the phones. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
5: Hello again, Bob. It's Dave with with, with the uh, homeless call there.
2: All right. So let's stay on topic. Let's talk about specific topics. Which topic do you want to address first? Homelessness in Broom County?
5: Well, generally, uh, uh, nationally, Bob, because I I know it's an old argument. But boy, it it really gets me boiling that the money that we spend... The money, the billions that we send all over the world, Bob. There's no reason. And like Gary's idea, an encampment where people can actually stay warm and eat. And you're, he's right; people would complain if it was in their area. But maybe provide some kind of supervision, some kind of some something, you know, so that the people would feel safer in that area. But. You know, it, it really bothers me, Bob, all the billions. I mean, look at look at the immigrants even. We go down there, we're throwing money at them. We got people, there's no reason why we should have anyone hungry or, or uh, freezing anywhere, Bob. We, we have all this money that we just blow. I mean, look at the grants.
2: How about this? Cut the defense budget by 10%. Then we'll have more than enough money to take care of the homeless population more than enough money to fix our infrastructure in Binghamton to keep these bridges and parking garages from um, collapsing or being on the verge of collapse 10 percent defense cut I don't know how many billions that is but that's a lot of billions and America and the world still would be safe
5: uh, you know, I wouldn't, Bob, I, I disagree. With that. I wouldn't take it from the defense. We we need that. But but there's many other places. I mean, look, at the government throws grants out like it's candy, Bob. And you read, I know you must read, too, some of the stupid things that they give money out for. Let's study turtles like this. Like, it, it adds up to billions, and but they just throw money away. for. A, and you know they waste a ton. We could be using it, Bob. There's no reason why we should have people. Go. And I know people choose to be homeless. And then there are people that don't choose to be homeless, and all that is you can't help people that don't want to help themselves. I understand that, but boy, we have the money to step in. The government should be throwing it all around the country and get going on it, because there's no reason why we should have people living in tents and cardboard boxes. That's how I feel.
2: All right, I appreciate the call. Thank you, Dave from Vestal. It's ten thirteen. What is your opinion? We've got uh, a homeless population that appears to be growing in Broome and Tioga counties. Actual numbers impossible to get, but just based on my observation, news coverage, and also reports I've heard from people all around the region. Binghamton, Owego, Endicott, Vestal, Appalachian, Windsor, Johnson City, and well, It appears that the number of people who are now homeless has increased dramatically over the last year. So what more can be done to help those who need assistance? Our number is 607-772-1290. Thursday morning. Bob Joseph on Binghamton Now.
0: From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. 1290,
2: WNBF. Here's the weather. Mostly sunny today, 34. Mainly clear tonight, 19. Mostly sunny Friday, 38. Rain and snow showers possible on Saturday. With well, A high of 41. And right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 30 at WNBF. That's- the phones we go, Eileen from Binghamton's West Side. Good morning.
9: Good morning. How are you?
2: I am well. How are
9: you? I'm good. Thank you. I just wanted to let you know that we lost a big advocate this last week um, for the homeless and um, in Binghamton, um, Barb Donnelly. She was a true warrior for the homeless and um, I just can't say enough. She was working on getting a warming um, house set up, and unfortunately she died, and I don't know where that's going to go now. I know people are trying to figure it out now because she was a warrior. I just cannot get over it. So I just, we lost a true true good person.
2: She'll be missed, I think. Oh. I'm trying to remember if she did a call-in to our program about two years ago I had the pleasure to meet her in September of yeah. 2021 because I saw something was going on at that old video store on Main Street in binghamton near the giant you know where the giant supermarket oh, was right, the right, right, Hollywood right. video and I thought what is going on there and so I stopped by and that's when I met Barb Donnelly who was the director of the outreach ministries of the southern tier and I saw inside, There was a fine assortment of furniture, all types of furniture, chairs and desks and lamps. And she explained to me that this was part of the uh, the ministry to provide furniture for people who were moving into apartments and needed some of the most basic furniture. And I was so amazed just in the first five or ten minutes of speaking with her, I could tell her dedication and even even though she was, she had to uh, close the place up because she had to get over to St. Cyril's over in the first ward, right. and people came at the last minute and they said, hey, we're moving into an apartment in Johnson City and we really need some furniture. And she opened the place back up and she helped them. She definitely had other things that she needed to do that afternoon, but she went out and... Or she went the extra distance to help, and even as she was helping them, her phone was ringing with more people yeah. seeking help. And and then I think the following day is when I went over to uh, Saint Cyril's to uh, see the food being uh, bagged by volunteers, all the donated food, so it'd be ready for the food pantry. So, yeah, she was uh, she was something else. And I've heard from several people who who uh, just sing her praises. And just how much she cared for her community.
9: She was something else, and really, this area is really going to miss her. Um, I, and she did Roberson all those Christmas trees at Roberson. She did that every year, and I can't—you know—I don't know when she slept. She was an incredible woman. She had more than tw- uh, twenty-four hours in her day. It was just incredible, and she, she's going to be missed.
2: She certainly will and i uh, appreciate your um calling in i i did receive a few emails from people uh, after she died i know i think it was channel 12 did a a story uh a few days ago uh, when her funeral was held over i believe over at st patrick's over on right right over at front that and was Oak. beautiful it, yeah. yeah from the clip that they they played and and just uh in that brief news story they They helped to uh, acknowledge some of the work that she did over the years.
9: And she's always, well, like her group, they're always looking for people. You know, you can go to St. Cyril's and um, volunteer Monday through Friday, I believe. And you can call St. Pat's, their outreach um, ministry is through St. St. Patrick's Church. So if people want to get involved, that's one way. So to keep her spirit and memory alive.
2: Yeah, yeah. She served as, a, as a, a real beacon for the people in, in Binghamton and across the region of what one person could do to make a difference.
9: Yes, her and her husband, Brian. Unbelievable. But I just wanted to share that with you, and she'll um, be missed.
2: Thank you for the call. I hope you have a great day. Thank
9: you.
2: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's 10-22. This is Bob Joseph on WNBF. Barb Donnelly I'm looking at the story from just over two years ago and they uh, I don't know how many people were assisted by the uh, furniture outreach and that was that was when things were starting to return to a bit of normal after... After the COVID pandemic, a lot of people were in a situation where they were being displaced or being forced to move from one place to another as things were were starting to get back to normal. And so there were a lot of people who needed some basic furniture, could have been beds or a couch or just some lamps or whatever. I'm looking at the story that we uh, did, because that's when they assembled all the donated furniture into uh, the old Hollywood video store. Next to the beautiful giant supermarket. Remember the giant? See you at the giant. I think it's time they bring back the giants. That would be great. 2024. Return of the Giants the Binghamton Giant Food Markets. Not that other. Not the other giant. The real giant. The Binghamton Giant Food Markets. 1024, it's Thursday morning with Bob Joseph. 607-772-1290. Morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
7: Good morning, Bob. Jim from Vestal. How are you today? I am well. Good. Have a suggestion here I'd like to throw out uh, about where we could get the money for the homeless or uh, whatever it could be destined for. There is an article about how $100 billion is stolen from Medicare and Medicaid every year. I would like to suggest that our Congress, which is comprised, now there's, just keep in mind that there's only 435 agents spread out across the United States to address this. So I would like to add our Congress, our 400 representatives of both parties from Congress with their staffers to go go back to their home districts and help to investigate this. I mean, they don't seem to get too much done in Washington as it is right now. And perhaps we could measure it by what they recover. Um, And perhaps, on a personal note, it would help me out from having to answer the phone at least 10 to 12 times a day from people trying to call me to get my Medicare number, et cetera, et cetera. All
2: right. How about this? They could also pass a law that unless you specifically have authorized some entity to call you that it's against the law?
7: I, anything.
2: Yeah, I I, I think mean, that's, I, that's my proposal. A law called don't call me unless I have given you specific permission and not something that's buried in some sort of uh, fine print, legalese fine print on page 980 Right. of of a document no a statement that I send to you that says I Bob Joseph would yep. love to hear your phone calls otherwise no one is allowed to call me who represents a business
7: there you go there you go okay Thanks. I, I just th- I just think it's something that uh, you know they, they could balance all right be- between their home office and being in Washington
2: well I'm they sure I'm, I'm sure Mark Molinaro and Claudia Tenney will get right on it
7: I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Have oh, a good day. Yep. Merry, Christ- <laughs> Merry Christmas.
2: <laughs> yeah, Claudia Italian Mark Molinero will start the investigation as soon as possible. As to my proposal that people not be allowed to call you, and when I say people, I don't mean individuals. Individuals should be able to call each other. This is a great country. It's a great world communicate with each other but uh, in terms of commercial entities only if your number has been officially authorized so if you somehow get hold of my number you can contact me, not by phone, don't call me and don't text me I'm too busy, I'm too busy to take your calls and texts but send me In the mail, the regular mail, Postal Service, send me a form. It says, we somehow have acquired your phone number and we would like permission in the future to call you. And then on the form, there could be different boxes to check off. One, yes, call me as often as you like. Two, you may call me once. Three, don't you ever call me. And then you send it back in the postpaid envelope. I paid for that phone. <laughs> it's my phone. When you call me as a business, you're trespassing. You're, you're taking my valuable time. I don't have time. I don't have time to deal with businesses that I don't already have an established relationship So if I'm doing business with you and you have requested specifically to contact me by phone and I've said go right ahead, go ahead, call me. There are legitimate reasons for people to call. Other than that, though, I've got too much to do. I'm out every day reporting or doing other important things. Phone calls and texts just waste my time and time is money. 607-772-1290. I invite you to call that number. I welcome your calls. Unless you're uh, an automated machine or a business, don't don't call. We sometimes have to deal with those, but don't call. If you're from representing a business, this is a radio show. You're not going to be able to sell me anything. Binghamton Now, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Now, live at ten thirty two, and a uh, lovely day it is. Wow, less than twelve hours, less than twelve hours to go. <laughs> before winter arrives, the winter of our content. Yes, the winter of 2022 may have been a winter of discontent. The winter of 2023 will be wonderful, just wonderful. Looking at the uh, forecast as we make the transition from autumn to winter, Not too bad, mostly sunny today, according to the National Weather Service, high 34. Mainly clear tonight, low 19, sunny tomorrow, high 38 for the first full day of winter. And Saturday, cloudy with a chance of rain and snow showers in the afternoon. Some rain showers late in the day, the high 41. And for those interested in the extended forecast, mostly cloudy Sunday, high 43, and cloudy on Monday, high 50. (laughs) <laughs> if winter's going to be like this, if temperatures will be in the 40s and 50s this winter, well, sounds good to me. Right now it's 31 in downtown Binghamton, minus 1 Celsius. And the air quality is fantastic. Air quality index, AQI 28. So soon it'll be wintertime and the breathing is easy. 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 Um, hmm. Hmm. Well, that's intriguing. <laughs> On my way in today, I went to. I'm not going to be very specific. I'll just say I went to a place I used to work before. <laughs> so some of you know. Some of you might be able to guess where that was. I I hadn't been there. In a long time. So it brought back some memories. Place where I used to work. Hmm. Good times, though. There were good times back in the day. Let's see what else. Uh, Just hopscotching around here, see if we could find anything of particular use. Oh. Well, this could be. Well, I don't know if it's going to affect you, but according to Syracuse.com, a chain of urgent care centers and the region's dominant health insurer on the are on the brink of a divorce that could affect thousands of patients. A story by Douglas Dowdy. Syracuse.com, if no agreement is reached within 10 days, Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield clients will be forced to pay full price at Well Now Urgent Care. Instead of a small co-pay, well Now visits would cost an Excellus member at least $165, not including specialty care. And so they evidently have some kind of a standoff that's starting and I always am concerned when big businesses are involved in a standoff and and we see this happening with disturbing frequency in this case it's uh, a chain of urgent care centers about to get into a standoff with a health insurance company But we see other standoffs that happen. You know, the cable company is in a standoff with a content provider. So remember what happens with football games. Ooh, the people that run the cable company, ooh, uh, can't reach an agreement with whoever is providing football. These standoffs are ridiculous, and yet they happen. And who gets hurt? Not the big companies. In the end, they have a standoff. And usually, after a standoff, which might last only a few hours, or sometimes it stretches to be even weeks or months, in the end, the standoff is resolved. And what it means is both of the companies that were involved in the standoff ultimately finally negotiate an agreement or some kind of settlement and they both do well. The big companies always wind up doing well and then it's the average person in this case it's healthcare, but sometimes it could be cable TV or whatever satellite TV. In the end, the average person winds up paying more. That's the only thing we know when when things get to a standoff involving big business. Sometimes you'll be inconvenienced. You may, as is the case with cable TV or satellite TV standoffs, um, you won't be able to see the entertainment programming or sports programming or news programming that you expect to see. And it could be resolved quickly, or sometimes it takes a while. But in the end, both companies... Involved in the standoff that made your life miserable, they'll make out okay. <laughs> what they'd ultimately agree is we'll find a new way to charge more for individuals, and so each big company will get more money in the end. That's pretty much how it always works out. That's I don't know if they're going to reach an agreement in this case, uh, Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield, and well-now urgent care facilities, my guess is they'll probably reach some kind of an agreement between now and December 31st. But what will the agreement ultimately mean to you? one way or the other, you'll pay more. So they win, and you won't. Just a prediction. We'll see what happens. Maybe... Maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe those companies will actually come to an agreement, and part of the agreement will be all of the people who go or utilize the services of these companies. Part of the agreement will be they get a 20% cost savings for 2024. If that happens, we'll break into regular programming. So, Bob Joseph working for you Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. 607-772-1290. Binghamton Now on WNBF.
9: Like a sound you hear that lingers in your ear, but you can't forget. From sundown to sunset, no, no. it's all in the air. You hear it everywhere. No matter what you do, it's gone.
2: 1044, Gavin Newsom probably is listening. Yeah, probably. 1044, WNBF, 16 before the hour. And I saw this online a couple days ago, and now it's on the front page of the New York Times. Cutting babies' tongues. And yet, you would think, of all the things that they can do to babies... You would think this probably would be illegal or restricted or regulated, but apparently it's all the rage. A booming industry of cutting babies' tongues. This is part of the New York Times series called Operating Profits, a practice with little oversight and... It's written by Katie Thomas, Sarah Cliff, and Jessica Silver-Greenberg. So the uh, medical experts apparently are recommending more often that um, a procedure be done to cut the uh, baby's tongue. The infant's tongue was tethered to the bottom of her mouth. It was a common problem, according to a lactation consultant, and could be fixed with a quick procedure at a dentist's office. The child's mom said it was touted as this miracle cure recommended by a lactation consultant. So... The lactation consultant recommended a dentist who cut under the baby's tongue with a laser. Within days, the infant was refusing to eat and had become dangerously dehydrated. She spent her first Christmas on a feeding tube. So, apparently, this practice of cutting babies' tongues is uh, increasing. Small fraction of babies are born with a bundle of tissue that attaches the tip of their tongue to the bottom of their mouth. In some pronounced cases, doctors snip that tissue, but many tongue ties are harmless, and the evidence that cutting them improves feeding is scant. And yet some lactation consultants and dentists pitch laser surgery to anxious and exhausted mothers... And they tout it as some sort of a cure-all that will improve breastfeeding and prevent a litany of health problems, including sleep apnea, speech impediments, and constipation. Tongue-tie evangelists recommend lasering not only the tissue under the tongue, but also the webbing that connects the lips and cheeks to the gums. Diagnosing and cutting these oral ties, often for hundreds of dollars, has become a niche industry. One well-known Manhattan dentist takes in millions of dollars a year from his tongue-tie practice. Lactation consultants who refer patients and assist dentists also get paid, and of course the companies that make lasers are jumping on the trend. It's difficult to tally the volume of surgeries, which are often not covered by insurance, but by all accounts, they're soaring. Well, at least it's a a lengthy story. By 2023 standards, it's a lengthy story, and that means it's too long for about 98% of the people to read, but at least the New York Times is doing the story. I would think that's fraud if you are recommending cutting babies' tongues just willy-nilly so you can make a lot of money. I'm sure there's a, a theory involved there that everybody wins, but does everybody win? Because this story goes on to cite specific instances where after this procedure some infants wind up having some big problems. There's, um... I think, let me just... take a look at the end of the story. Uh, so the one... poor little baby... Um... She was having difficulty swallowing and would sometimes choke from drinking from her bottle. The specialist wrote in her medical records afterward that the problems were likely due to the laser surgery. The parents ran up more than $5,000 in credit card debt to pay for the baby's feeding therapies. She just turned one in November. Her family decorated with red and pink balloons and dressed her up as a strawberry. Only one thing was missing, a birthday cake. Vivi still can't eat salad food. And that's what happened to one infant after having that procedure, according to the New York Times story. It's 10.50. This is Bob Joseph on your side. On News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. it's windy, especially at the top of some of those hills in Windsor and Sanford in eastern Broome County. I recently had the opportunity to check out the turbines of Broome County's first wind generating project, the Bluestone Wind Farm. And we have a story on the website, WNBF.com. If you've seen the turbines as you drive on... Route 17, a.k.a. Interstate 86, if you're out in the towns of Windsor and Sanford, of course over the last year or so, you've spotted those turbines, and the first time you spot them, it's, even though you knew that the project was being built, the first time you spot them, it's, wow. Wow, that's big, plus uh, at least A couple of them look like they're pretty close to the highway. Actually, not that close, but they are not too far off the highway. Well, I was curious about these wind turbines since they're new to our area. So they built 26 turbines as part of this project. The uh, Canadian firm that operates the wind farm is Northland Power, based in Toronto. The uh, equipment, the turbines, are actually made by a company called Vestas Wind Systems. They're a big global company that makes this stuff. So if you want to see more about the wind turbines, we have some more information, plus some pictures. Couldn't get as close as I wanted to when I wound up in... Windsor and Sanford taking a little uh tour of the wind turbines. It was it was uh snowing quite heavily as you'll see from the pictures and and the video. And I I know there was a bit of concern the uh, operations manager was a little concerned that maybe some of the snow or slush that was on the uh, the blades could come flying at me. <laughs> he didn't want I don't think as as the operations manager he thought it would be good if I got, got um, some snow or slush in the face when I was doing the story so I couldn't get quite as close as I might have liked but uh, still close enough. Here's uh, obviously you can't see the video on the radio but you can hear a little bit. This is Oh, I don't know how far away I was. Oh. I don't know if it was about 100 feet away from the tower. I wanted to go inside and, you know, check it out for myself. But as I say, it was rather, rather heavy snow at the time. So anyway, let's see. Oh, here we go. So this is just ambient sound next to one of the turbines and, and they're tall very very tall you think they look tall from the highway well if you're right up at the site fairly close to one of these turbines with their giant blades so you can hear a little bit of a whoosh and there's some ambient noise well, some of that background noise i don't know if that's from the highway hear like that whoosh as the blades go around. And I enjoyed it. Now again, if you want to see the video and get the full effect of what this wind turbine looks like as uh, part of the Bluestone Wind Project, go to WNBF.com and take a look at the video, a few pictures, and the story. There's more information, but I was glad to finally have a chance to see one of the turbines up close see it in operation so it's the first first project of its kind located not that far from binghamton i'd say it's about 20 minutes or so from binghamton it's 11 o'clock you're listening to wnbf where news breaks first
1: news radio 1290 wnbf this is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 34. Mostly clear tonight, low around 19. Friday, mostly sunny with a high near 38. The turbines of Broome County's first wind generating project are producing electricity that's now being delivered to the New York State grid. Over the past year or so, 26 turbines were erected in the towns of Windsor and Sanford for the Bluestone Wind Project. Operations manager Terry Stanley said the turbines catch the wind and convert it to electricity, which is sent to a substation. There, the voltage is increased to what is needed for utility use so it can be transferred to a NYSEG substation. Each turbine is equipped with a system designed to redirect the energy from lightning strikes to reduce the risk to the blades. The Bluestone project is owned by Northland Power of Toronto. Vestas Wind Systems manufactured the turbines that are used by the wind farm. Northland and Vestas workers are able to remotely monitor turbine operations. Testing of the turbines has been underway in recent weeks as part of the processing of ramping up commercial operations of the project fire tore through a two-story house next to a homeless encampment along Natico Creek in the town of Union. The blaze on Glenwood Drive was reported around 1.40 a.m. Wednesday. Authorities say they believe no one was living in the structure at the time of the fire. Flames were shooting through the roof of the small house when the west corner's fire chief arrived at the scene. According to the fire department, no injuries were reported. No information about the investigation was immediately available from New York State Police. Tents and other items near the fire-damaged house indicated several people had recently been living in the area between Glendale Road and the Creek. According to the Associated Press, the Houston-based Cotera Energy, formerly Cabot Oil and Gas Company, has been given the go-ahead to drill 11 gas wells underneath Dimick Township in Pennsylvania. Underneath them, natural gas could be worth anywhere from $2.5 billion to $3.8 billion, according to a retired Penn State geologist. Some landowners are happy about the return of drilling, while others are not. Those not in favor dread the increase in truck traffic, noise, and the threat of new contamination. No date has been set for Katerra Energy to begin drilling. The company has agreed to monitor drinking water supplies within 3,000 feet of the new gas wells, among other steps to mitigate risk. Demick, Pennsylvania, located in Susquehanna County, is about 30 miles south of Binghamton and was in the national headlines after residents began reporting that methane and drilling chemicals in the water were making them ill. Terra Energy pleaded no contest to a single misdemeanor count in 2022 and agreed to pay for a $16 million public water system that would supply 20 homes whose water wells had been damaged. The Pennsylvania Department of, uh, the, the Department of Transportation announced the statewide transportation progress and highlighted this, this year's active and completed projects in counties in northeast Pennsylvania. So far this year in the six county region, there are approximately 138 roadway miles paved, 285 bridges rehabilitated, repaired, or replaced by PennDOT and private industry teams. Additionally, nearly three, 573 miles were seal coated to preserve roadway surfaces, and nearly 10,000 line miles were painted, including five major projects in Susquehanna and Wayne counties in northeast Pennsylvania. Investigators are examining the wreckage of a TV news helicopter from Philadelphia that crashed in the New Jersey Pinelands, killing the pilot and a photographer on board. WPVI TV of Philadelphia says two members of its news team were in the helicopter when it went down around 8 p.m. Tuesday in Wharton State Forest in Washington Township. The helicopter was returning from an assignment at the Jersey Shore when it crashed in the woods. The pilot was 67-year-old Monroe Smith of Glenside, Pennsylvania, and the photographer was 45-year-old Christopher Daughtery of Orland, Pennsylvania. The station says it's unclear what caused the crash. New York's attorney general has filed suit against Sirius XM, accusing the satellite radio service of making it intentionally difficult for its customers to cancel their subscriptions. Attorney General James' office said Wednesday that an investigation into complaints from customers found that SiriusXM forced subscribers into often lengthy interactions with agents who were trained in ways to avoid accepting cancellation requests. The company disputed the claims, arguing that many incidents cited in the lawsuit came in 2020 and were caused in part by the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on their operations. The company said many of its plans can be canceled easily online. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. (laughs)
0: From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WMBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. First is Binghamton
2: News Radio 1290, WMBF. I'm Bob Joseph. Binghamton now continues. 607 772 1290 to call if you'd like to talk on WNBF. not
9: aware.
2: Know what I know if you know what I mean. They don't write them like that anymore. Hmm. All right, another big hour ahead. Good news for tax deadbeats. The IRS says it'll waive penalty fees for people to, who failed to pay back taxes that total less than $100,000 a year for tax years 2020 and 2021. So I guess that's good news for people who, for whatever reason, couldn't find it in their heart to pay the taxes due. About 5 million people, businesses, and tax-exempt organizations, most making under $400,000 a year, will be eligible for the relief starting this week, which totals about a billion dollars. The IRS temporarily suspended mailing automated reminders to pay overdue tax bills during the pandemic. Agency leadership said the pause in automated reminders is a reason behind the decision to forgive the failure to pay penalties. And I'm sure those of us who actually paid our taxes as they were due, I'm sure a lot of us wish we had known that this was going to happen. Due to the unprecedented effects of the pandemic. These reminders would have normally been issued as a follow-up after the initial notice. While the IRS plans to resume sending out normal collection notices, this announcement is meant as one-time tax relief based on the unprecedented interruption caused by the pandemic. The IRS commissioner, Daniel Werfel, said it was an extraordinary time and the IRS had to take extraordinary steps. He said the change will be automatic for many taxpayers and won't require additional action. The IRS chief said people need to know the IRS is on their side. All right. Well, I'm glad for those people who are going to benefit. I just you know if if only i had known two or three years ago this was going to happen i would have possibly made different choices possibly but probably not because my my opinion when it comes to taxes is if you owe taxes you pay them on time i know that's i think a minority opinion a lot of other people it's part of their business model you don't you don't pay taxes until somebody comes pounding at your door saying they're going to do something to you then and only then will you pay your taxes that's that's the american way so anyway well, kudos to the irs i guess it's considered a holiday gift for those who are eligible let's see oh my gosh well I don't want to mention his name, but the 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 real winners when it comes to you know who, it's the attorneys. When you look at how much the attorneys have made because of that one guy just over the last, whatever, two or three years, that one guy ought to get some sort of special award from the American Bar Association because that one guy alone seems to be responsible for generating millions of dollars in revenue for the legal profession if you were able to tally it up not just his lawyers but the lawyers for everybody else who was in his circle over the last let's just say over the last three or the last five years anybody Whoever wound up getting in legal trouble because they were hanging with the wrong crowd, I mean, look, even if you didn't do anything wrong, if you're suspected by somebody of doing something wrong, you have to get an attorney. It's a requisite. Even if you haven't even been charged, just if you have uh, a, a sad suspicion that because you were hanging out with the wrong type of guy... And people are investigating you, you better get a lawyer just in case. Maybe, maybe you'll never be charged. Maybe you'll never be indicted, but never hurts to be prepared. So you hire somebody like Rudy Giuliani, a respected member of the bar, and then at least then you're protected in case, case things turn ugly, but. Just thinking, looking ahead just for the next year. Attorneys in the United States, both private attorneys representing the defendants, the former guy, and others, they'll make millions of dollars. And then the attorneys who are working on these cases for state and federal prosecutors, they're going to make millions of dollars. So maybe that's why the economy is turning around, thanks to all the legal Business, directly or indirectly tied to the former guy. At least the legal industry is doing well. No short of revenue coming in because of those cases. Oh, and the Supreme Court. I'm sure they'll get some bonuses because they'll have to work overtime deciding some of these important cases over the next few weeks. WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
11: Hey, good morning, Bob. This is Vinny from Binghamton. Good morning, uh, welcome. Well, well, thank you, thank you. Hey, listen, I just wanted to protect uh, people. If uh, I'm about to talk about politics, so uh, if you don't like politics, why don't you just hang up, so you don't go nutsy? Oh, do, well, do, uh,
2: let's let's be polite. This is um, this is oh, what in the I business. Was. Well, I'll I'll do it in an even more polite way. Uh, the following is a disclaimer. This is uh, okay. uh, this is a disclaimer. I'm going to have to wing it because I have nothing written down. You're catching me by surprise on live radio. But I'm going to do my best to protect the uh, sensitive viewers among us. So, Okay. Coming yeah, down,
11: I, w- I wanted to... Wait. Wait. Okay. I have
2: to do the official disclaimer before you proceed. Listening to WNBS Binghamton Now, I'm Bob Joseph, your host. The following call may contain some views, which may not be appropriate for sensitive listeners if you're one of those sensitive listeners i encourage you to um go make yourself a bologna sandwich and uh get yourself uh, a grape flavored soda and uh, return to the radio in about three minutes okay now you're you're ready to go three minutes we've protected the sensitive listeners
11: okay you know i want to do a paradigm shift here um I want you to think of Joe Biden. He's going to be the candidate for the Democratic Party. He's been married three times, had children by all of these women. He uh, cheated on all of these women. He got a divorce from two of the women. And as a matter of fact, the third wife, who he's still married to, and he cheated, he had to pay an adult actress. $130,000 One hundred thirty thousand dollars to be co- to be quiet. Joe Biden was also in civil court, accused of raping a woman in Bergdorf Goodman's second floor. Okay, he's in he's in court now for all this stuff. Now you tell me, what would Fox News and the Republican Party do? Well, if first, if Biden? that
2: if that was happening, Fox News, Fox Cable Channel, would spin off its own. Special the Biden legal network, BLN, yep, and that's all I would do twenty four seven would be covering Joe Biden's legal problems because of issues either with personal relationships, business relationships, political problems, an assortment of things. you know it would be um BLn Biden legal right. network. And uh, Hannity would probably be the uh, anchor of a three-hour special report every night, so we could come up uh, with the the latest, the latest legal news, the the legal challenges facing Joe Biden. Only if that were the case,
11: it, it, absolutely. And I was I was telling people that that's why they get mad when you start talking about Trump because they. they it's very hard to defend him anymore of things that he's done when he was president. They can't go into detail about it. They can't hang with it. They got to go after Joe Biden and Hunter and the laptop and all this other kind of nonsense. Yeah, you know, I, I just wanted to make that point because it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, was it Hans Christian Andersen, the, uh, the, the Emperor's New Cloth? Almost the same concept. These shysters came to town. Told the king, we've got this magical uh, suit that we're going to get for you. And, oh, you're going to love it. And it was nothing. Oh, look at this. This got powerful. And remember, king, the only people that recognize this are the intelligent ones. The ones that are stupid, they, they won't see it. They won't see it. That's pretty much what you got now. And they fill in the gaps for his continu- continually screwing up all the time. Continually talking about it. Because that's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, why you keep talking about Trump? Because he won't shut
2: up. All right. That's all the time we have because our sensitive li- listeners are returning. Uh, thank you, caller, for your, uh, your personal thoughts and your opinion. Thank you. All right. And now it's safe. We return to safe radio. Broadcasting suitable for the sensitive and the insensitive. is the number if you'd like to offer your opinions. Two frequencies are available for you. For those who appreciate frequency modulation, 92.1 FM. For traditionalists who would rather go with amplitude modulation, 1290 AM. And for the cool kids who are Using their computers during the class, they are certainly streaming us at WNBF.com or more likely using the free WNBF app.
5: So it starts recording?
2: Six at WNBF. Hey, hey, he's of hey, hey, he's of Back to the phones we go. Rick, formerly of the Patch in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air.
6: Morning, Bob. So, just a, a quickie here. You know, I was reading an article this morning out of Elmira of a restaurant that had been around since 1915. They were tearing down. Uh, the owner he, he passed away here a little bit ago. And they were showing pictures of it, uh, a a wooden structure. You know, the neighbors were around taking pictures and stuff. And somebody mentioned that it was going to be sorely missed from uh, there in in the patch. So they called their area the Patch also. Oh,
2: that's weird.
6: Yeah, Yeah, I see. I I
2: see. The Moretti Restaurant is well known in this area. It's a mainstay of the patch. Well, So that means Binghamton... Right. Binghamton and Elmira both have the patch.
6: Yes. So I just thought you'd find that kind of interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I see that story, and that's on uh, mytwintears.com from right. uh, Nicholas right. Debina wrote the story. And that restaurant is being torn down after 106 years. It said the place that- opened in 1917. So it was the. Historic restaurant on Hatch Street in the Patch of Elmira.
6: Kind of interesting, isn't it? So, and like I said, I'm still not sure if uh, where the East Side and the North Side start now. But I do know that back in in the 60s, when I grew up there, the East Side started on the other side of the railroad tracks, and North Side started on the other side of the Brandwine.
2: Did they ever have Cabbage Patch dials? I don't know. That would be a great place. They they would have been able to set up a stand back in the '80s when the cheaply made and uh, mysteriously popular Cabbage Patch dolls, um, for some reason, they were selling billions of them at one point, and then uh, then the um, the fad faded. But they should have set up a a Cabbage Patch doll stand in the patch.
6: Well, you know, they could have, uh, where the court jester is, that was uh, originally Loblaws grocery store. and they Loblaws? Out of there.
2: Really? Yes. I didn't know Frank there Bernard was a Loblaws was the, there.
6: Yep, Frank Bernardi, I can remember his name, was the manager.
2: Huh. Yeah, okay, that's, okay, uh, there's, a, there's a store that many people have forgotten. The reason I remember Loblaws is, although she didn't work there, after I arrived at the scene, I think before, before I was the uh, grand prize in her life. My mom, I think, worked at Loblaws in Endwell. They had a Loblaws exactly. store, and I think she because I remember it, that. yeah, it was union. So <laughs> I think even though she was a cashier, she had to join the the meat cutters union. So I was always proud of my mom, a member of the meat cutters union. Because she, wow. I believe that's true. That's I, I. don't think that's something I would make up.
6: Wow, uh, the, the they're beautiful. They're for the time they're a beautiful grocery store, but well kept. Well, very clean. It was right out our back door. We just had to go through our backyard, and there we were.
2: Yeah. Now so uh, I was just over there. Um, when was I just over there? Uh, about it was it a month and a half ago? Hold on, because now I'm gonna. I need to look up the story because I, I don't recall all the details, but they were doing construction at that plaza. Let's see. Oh, where is it? Oh, so I was there in October. So, yeah, just about two months ago. Remember Shenanigans? They, they had a restaurant oh, yeah. and tavern. They called it Shenanigans. And at that Robinson Street Plaza, I went there... October 25th, so the place that had been home to the bar and nightclub called Shenanigans for a couple decades, they had a construction crew in there. And actually, the people who were doing the construction didn't even really know what was going in there. I knew, because I I had heard, I think they had made a presentation to the planning commission, so I knew that there was going to be a new program operated there by the mother and Babies perinatal network and okay. so i came over or i went over there and these guys are busy doing the renovations in fact i think i think the place just opened in the last week or two and and so i was over at that plaza but i didn't realize there had ever been a blast there back back yeah, in the good what, old that's days what
6: it was. that's what it originally was and then out front where the um the auto auto park store is that was a gas station but it didn't last very long, and it just remained an empty building because Sinclair moved in across the street where it used to be Dick's garage. And now it's Joe's garage. Across the street on Robinson there. Right. That was a, that was a Sinclair with the big green dinosaur. Oh. And they put the gas station where AutoZone was out of business.
4: Oh. And years later,
6: became a, the Binghamton Automatic Car Wash. Yep. Yep. Um, I, believe, I believe Mr. Evans, who owned Evans Motors on Upper Court Street, owned it. Hmm. I think there when I was like fourteen or fifteen.
2: Yeah, I miss I miss Loblaws. the um, the store in Endwell at the Endwell Plaza. It it turned into Normans. Do you remember oh, Norman? Okay, because Norman yeah, no, had a store. Speaking of the East Side, he had a store, I think, on Robinson, on Robinson Street.
6: Street. Yeah, and and it, it torched. It was like you could feel the heat. Now my house was where the drive-through was at Walgreens. Yeah, that and, was uh,
2: that was as was. they say that was an inferno. That was a conflagration. That fire at uh, at that we store. We
6: could feel the heat. We could heat feel the heat all the way down the Whitney Ave. Yeah, how hot it was. And then he quickly uh, moved into uh, his warehouse, turned that into a, a Oh, over door. on
2: Alice Street.
6: On Alice Street, yes. Yep. Or if you went to in the back area to get a big bag of dog food for your dog, you had to fight the rats. <laughs> well good I'm times. Not You'd sit, well I'm not you would run right no, around the beans.
2: I I remember food. I remember back when there were supermarket wars. That's back when we had lots of supermarket operators. Of course, I mentioned earlier this morning Giant. Remember, they had the Giants. I always liked the Giants around here. There seemed to be a Giant in almost every neighborhood except Endicott. For some reason, and nobody ever explained why Endicott never had a Giant. I mean, Binghamton had Giant supermarkets, Johnson City, Vestal, West Corners.
6: Our local one replaced the East Junior, where I went to junior high school
2: mm-hmm. in
11: Addison.
2: But remember, so and Giant, and they they had this kid. She came up with this song "See You at the Giant." Remember, it was on, it was on TV, right. And that's and all you would hear on TV there. right before the news. See you at the Giant. And I I always thought that it was not a suggestion. I thought it was an order. So. I would hear it on TV, the and then the next next day I would go over to the Giant to be seen.
6: Right. We also had the Acme and the Victory markets. There's a lot of them.
2: And then Victory turned into Great American. Right. And then somebody told me that the Great American was being run by the former guy. But it turned out not to be true. It was being run by some people who actually didn't know how to run a business. Because remember, oh. Great American wound up basically imploding. Yes. But, yes. N- and now, remember, they also had A&P, the Great Atlantic and Pacific oh, yeah, Tea A&P, Company.
7: yeah,
6: A&P, yeah. I don't remember that, yes.
2: And Grand Union. But
6: Grand Union was just a walk over on the north side yep. for us. The Red Dot Specials. Yeah, Grandway. Yeah, Grandway, we had Grants, and then Grand Union, the plaza, then. W.T. Grant was in there.
2: Yep. Oh, those were good times. That's back when we had lots and lots of choices.
6: Yes, yes, it was. All right, I'm going to have to let you go now. Okay. Hey, thanks for the memory. Happy, uh, happy, uh, happy Merry Christmas to you and yours.
2: Thank you. And likewise. uh, Yeah, good memories. That almost was uh, one of our history segments. Once I get started thinking about the stores with Norman's Harris Food Lines. Remember Harris Food Lines in their newspaper ads? They thought they were being cute. Remember in the newspaper ads for Harris Food Lines, I think it only ran for a couple weeks, but I don't know why they thought this was cute. Our prices are hot. Our food is not. Wow. (laughs) But those times were different back then. Business was done in a different way than business is done today. It's Bob Joseph live on your Thursday morning. Program's called Binghamton Now. Coming up on WNBF, Dan Bongino from noon to three, Sean Hannity from three to six, Mark Levin from six to nine. You hear it all right here on news radio, WNBF. Lots of talk, lots of opinions. The station covers it all. Of course, we also cover local news. You can hear the news on WNBF on the air at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and also online at WNBF.com. WNBF Live and local.
0: Life's foam on my face and hands. last foam from the ups and downs.
2: It was this guy, 50 years ago, this entertainer, who created such a controversy in Binghamton. And looking back on it, half a century later, I got to wonder, what was wrong with people? What was wrong with people in Binghamton back in the day? Um, I look back on the archives, of course, the performer well-known by now, Vincent Damon Fernier, uh, a guy who was born in Detroit and now he's 75. Back when he was 25 years old, he was all the rage. He was perhaps one of the more popular top 40 artists of the time. And we had a brand new arena and we were so proud of the arena. Broom County was so proud of its arena. And Vincent wanted to bring his musical group known as Alice Cooper over to the arena. And they were going to perform at the arena. And (laughs) the board of directors who ran the arena said, oh, no, oh, no, because we heard that you're bad. You're bad. So they voted. The board of directors at the arena voted To tell Alice Cooper he couldn't perform. And this is before they went up to Syracuse to actually chat with the so-called Alice Cooper. And they found out actually, they they chatted with him and then they watched his performance at Syracuse. And they actually decided, wait, it's not that bad after all. Maybe it's not the type of music these people would listen to at home. But then Alice Cooper, the musical act, popular in 1973, that's not who they were aiming for. So there's a picture in the newspaper from 50 years ago in the uh, evening press. It shows four members of the board of directors of the arena watching from the wings as Alice Cooper performed Saturday so you've got Douglas Seaman, uh, Alan Cave, Dr. John Green, and Alton Carpenter. And boy, those are four of the unhappiest looking people. <laughs> They're standing there, uh, two of them. No, three out of the four arena board members are listening to Alice Cooper perform in Syracuse. <laughs> and their arms are folded. <laughs> they look like... I don't know. They look like they're tolerating a bad kid. And then the other member of the board, shown in this picture, has his hands in his pocket. They all look glum. They all look glum. It was about a week before Christmas, and they went up to chat with Alice Cooper and then actually observe one of the shows. And then afterwards, they decided, well, it's not nearly as bad as... We thought but because they Were having a little Match we'll call it some kind of a Match with Charlie Theokas who's The Manager or director of the arena So they would not change Their mind even though After speaking with Alice Cooper For about 20 minutes And also Speaking with the manager Of uh, the Alice Cooper band Or maybe it was the promoter Maybe the promoter. They had a long meeting. And then afterwards they say, well, you know, it's not bad, but he can't perform on December 29th. And people in Binghamton were saying, what? Yeah, they basically came up with the idea Alice Cooper could perform at the arena any date except December 29th because they didn't want to Changed their mind because they were having a feud with Charles Theokas the first manager of the arena. So, it sent a message to (laughs) music promoters and musicians in the time that, yeah, Binghamton is bizarre. You know, don't don't think because they're they're having a little feud. And the members of the board of directors of the arena did not want to back down. They didn't want to publicly admit, perhaps we made a mistake and we should not have banned Alice Cooper from performing on December 29th, 1973. We should have actually just done our homework and found out that Binghamton wasn't going to be destroyed if Alice Cooper played at the arena four days after Christmas. But... They made it clear because they weren't happy with Charles Theokas. They made it crystal clear Alice Cooper would not, could not, and should not perform at the arena on that date because evidently Charles Theokas worked with the promoter and didn't get advance approval from the board of directors, which, in fairness, he probably should have. But they could have just said, Mr. Theokas, going forward, please, 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 just as a matter of... just to do the right thing. Let us approve future acts at the arena. We're the board of directors. If you recommend that a musical act or some event You know, the circus, Ring Ding Brothers or whoever, whomever, uh, perform at the arena. Bring it to us. We'll have a meeting. If it's urgent, we'll hold a special meeting and decide. And then you could sign a contract. But anyway, it didn't happen. So what happened instead on December 29th, 50 years ago, at the arena, they had public skating. So instead of having 5,000 fans... Of Alice Cooper, people, eh, to be sure teenagers, and probably some long haired people in their 20s, instead of allowing them to enjoy Alice Cooper at the brand new arena, they had public skating. <laughs> I kid you not. And the people of Utica got to enjoy Alice Cooper instead, since Alice Cooper was available. To perform on December 29th in upstate New York, Alice Cooper, originally booked at the arena in Binghamton, wound up performing in Utica because of a little feud between the board of directors and the guy who was in charge of the arena, the facility manager, Charles Theokas. So, just goes to show. You know, they, they, could, have, they could have resolved it. They could have said to Charles Theokas, please... Please, in the future, include us in any decision for future events, and then this sort of misunderstanding won't happen again. And Charles Theokis might have said, yeah, right, or whatever. But they they wanted to We're big men watching Alice Cooper with our hands folded or our hands in, in our pockets, looking glum. We don't like that kind of music. Okay, hello. Yeah, you there? Yeah, you're on the air. This is Bob. What's your name?
10: Yeah, this is Gary from the South Side. Yeah, what's up? I want to add. I want to add a little bit to uh, your conversation there. Um, I was um, a representative for Entertainment Concepts, Bill Bray out of Maryland, and they had the first three years at the arena. They had a contract with Charles Theokas. And if they didn't get it, they didn't get enough uh, tickets sold. They would cancel the concert. So if you didn't sell three thousand tickets, the concert would be canceled. But as far as the controversy over Ellis Cooper, everybody thought that he was going to bite the head off of live chicken on stage. And that's why they didn't let him come.
2: Yeah, except okay. but here's the thing: except they found out after they went to Syracuse that that didn't happen. There were a lot of things that rumor were rumored to happen at Alice Cooper con- concerts and most of the rumors were not true. And they found out after having a 20-minute conversation with Alice Cooper and actually watching his concert in Syracuse in early December, they found out that while the show was loud and there were Certainly, some theatrical things. Alice Cooper didn't do anything that was that objectionable. After all,
10: right. But the entertainment concepts had the exclusive contract for the Broome County Arena for the first three years after it opened. Tickets were four seventy-five, five seventy-five, six seventy-five. And um, if, like I told you before, if they didn't sell three thousand tickets, the concert the concert would be canceled. All all the um, uh, they must have uh, complained. And I've uh, got that. I don't know if they sold the tickets or not to, to make it happen. But uh, Well,
2: they didn't sell tickets. They, they, enter- they never got around Con- to selling tickets. But
10: enter- Entertainment Concepts was the sole um, enter- concept. Uh, they had a contract with them. But, you know, after the contract expired, they never made another contract with anybody else to bring in any, any more musical acts. So, uh, to me, uh, you know, they failed after. The first three years was great. But after that, it just it just died. Thanks for listening. I gotta
0: go. All
2: right. Yeah, I'm looking up. Entertainment concepts had the exclusive agreement. And a lot of people were, to put it mildly, I'm looking at some of the newspaper stories back in the seventies, and a lot of people weren't happy with that exclusive agreement. But in some cases it, it worked in some cases. But looking back at some of the newspaper reports at the time, and there was one outspoken member of the county legislature, I won't mention the person's name, people with good memories probably know who I'm thinking of, he um, had called on Charlie Theokas to resign. From his post as arena manager That member of the county legislator, legislature Said Theokas was acting like a hood A goon A back alley brawler At the board of directors meeting And it did come up in the story About Entertainment Concepts Corporation Which it was a controversial contract Not everybody was enthusiastic That there was This exclusive contract with entertainment concepts and I don't know the, the whole backstory. I, I'm looking at some of the stories right now and probably if they tried to pull this today it probably wouldn't be accepted that kind of exclusive contract with a single company for booking events but who knows maybe maybe things were different back then WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
4: Hey, good morning, Bob. Uh, DJ in Binghamton. Interesting conversation sparked me to call. I want you to uh, YouTube or Google Glenn Benton, B-E-N-T-O-N, of the band Deocide. Like, insecticide kills bugs. Deocide means God killer. And he brands an upside-down cross in his forehead uh, right on stage, and uh, he throws buckets of... Uh, pig entrails
2: and blood all right i don't need this it's uh, seven minutes before lunchtime don't don't go into that kind of graphic description just say that the uh, performer had an interesting concept so what what point are you making about this person aside and again please do not provide any more detailed explanation of the stuff he did our listeners have computers if they want to if they want to see that, they can use their own computer. I don't want it on this station.
4: He did it last night, last week. He-
2: I don't. Just tell me what what the problem is. What what did this guy do to interfere with your life?
4: My point was, point for calling was uh, that you know that was that was then. This is now. They let him in everywhere. They would let him at the arena or wherever he wants to come. Deal Well,
2: I don't even want to hear about it. You know, I don't promote that kind of that stick. If that's something you if you want to promote it, go out with a sign here on Court Street. I don't want to hear about it on this station. You just spoiled my lunch. I'm scheduled to eat lunch at noon. Now my appetite is wrecked till at least 6 p.m.
4: Bob, I'm not promoting it. You guys were, were bickering about Cooper.
2: I wasn't bickering. I'm just I'm telling it like it is in 1973. The arena board of directors wouldn't let Alice Cooper perform on December 29th because they were having a feud with the arena manager. And in the same
4: way, right, and they will and they wouldn't you think they would have let a Satan Club in the Broome County Library in seventy <laughs> three? Go see third
2: day or I'm not gonna see anything. I'm I'm going to stay right here and listen to Dan Bongino and because now I can't go out to lunch. You spoiled my
4: appetite. Hey, I love Don Gino.
2: Yeah, I also love lunch, too. And I was looking forward to it up until two minutes ago until you t- gave a, dra- a graphic description of the unspeakable.
4: You know what my Bob, Bob, you know what my daughter would say about that? She's a dentist, and I said to her, how do you put go to lunch after you put your hands in these people's mouths? She said, you don't think about it. You just look at your lunch, you think about your lunch.
2: Oh, oh okay, I got my appetite back. Thanks.
4: Come on, Bobby, focus, focus, Bobby. You'll be all right. Go to uh, Strange Brew and get the California sandwich. I love
2: those. Wait, the California sandwich, does it have like any, what is it, turkey, chicken? I forget what it's called. Okay, as long as it's not one of those vegetarian things.
4: It's not called California. I forget what it's called. They'll say, oh, that's the best sandwich, Bob. I'm telling you, Strange Brew's rocking it. Yeah, does it have roast beef? Glenn Benton went there. I think Glenn Benton went there after he uh, branded his forehead
2: with the outside arm Alright, I don't want to hear about people doing things with their forehead That's so passe <laughs>
4: God bless you bro, have
2: a, have a good day Alright, like I say I can't tell now My Half my brain wants lunch And the other half Has no interest in lunch Why I know it's a free country And there's freedom of speech But did you have to tell me about that Right before noon? And I'm not so concerned about myself. Hey, I don't need lunch. But what about the millions of other people who are listening? And we're planning to go to lunch as soon as the program ended. He spoiled their lunch. So for that, I'm sure DJ is pleased. <laughs> I don't know if he's pleased. It's just, it was more, as they say, down in Middletown, Pennsylvania. TMI. TMI, baby. Oh, we almost ran out of time. I was going to mention this earlier. It, it turns out, and everybody used to love cereal, you know, the Cheerios and things like that. And now I see that people aren't buying too many of the Cheerios and Lucky Charms and uh, Count Chocula. And they say that's because General Mills raised the prices so high that people are starting to uh, cut off the amount of cereal they buy. So that, that was one, one thing I was going to mention. Maybe we'll talk more about that tomorrow. IWNBF. Good morning. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm Tommy from Binghamton. Um, there's
8: a band Kiss that played in 1975 at the Arena. It was their first time playing there. And they used the pyro and the pyro torched the roof and they were significantly banned at that time. And they ended up playing at the arena in the 80s without their makeup because the arena said the only way they could come in is that they didn't use pyrotechnics. And they didn't. They just used maybe sparks and smoke, fog. And then they came back in 2000 with the original KISS. And they brought the whole pyrotechnic technique show and it was one of the best shows
3: i've ever seen in my life really <laughs>
2: I I would, see to i see see never saw the kiss and now they've stopped they've stopped performing they just did their last concert well thank you thank you for the information i'm going to go find out more details tommy thank you for uh, that background i appreciate it hope you have a great afternoon okay merry christmas everyone thank you and that is our program for today i think we're working to create a much better listening experience. And we will continue that tomorrow. That is a guarantee. Tomorrow from 9 to noon, I'm Bob Joseph, your host for Binghamton Now on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com.
0: This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media
11: station.